0: Hang back together again and that was wonderful today y'all really got us in the, the mood to worship God well happy new year I'm glad to see everybody found their way back well today we are going to start in a series through the book of Proverbs Um, If you've gotten some of our uh, emails and some of our correspondence, you'll know that we are trying to read uh, the book of Proverbs together as a church. Uh, Don't worry, we're we're up to chapter 6 today, so if you want to catch up, you don't have a lot to do. Uh, But we're going to read a Proverbs a day as a church, and whatever that proverb happens to be on the Sunday that I come to preach is going to be the one we're preaching on. So today is the 6th of January. We're preaching out of... Proverbs six, pretty pretty simple concept. Now Proverbs is an interesting book. It, it has been misused, misapplied. It has been a source of strength and encouragement. It has taught leaders of Israel and other religious leaders throughout the ages. But it's kind of an enigma. It, it doesn't really fall in line in the history of God's salvations. It doesn't tell the story about how God redeemed his people. It's common sense, it's practical, but it's kind of a book of advice, I guess. Um, Now, if you practice spiritual disciplines, that's good for you. You know, some of us fast. I don't have a problem with that one. Uh, Some of us uh, journal. Some of us are very devout. On they have a, an hour of day, you know, a minute, where they're sitting by their coffee cup on their back porch and they're reading their scripture and they're praying and they do all this kind of stuff. Um, the book of Proverbs is, is a spiritual discipline that we're going to work on. And, and many of you will appreciate it because it's the spiritual discipline of common sense. Well, let me repeat that. It's the spiritual discipline of common sense. In the book of Proverbs, it's about human interactions. Uh, It's about uh, wisdom. It's about folly. It's about the fool. It's a comparison. It it points out things to do and things not to do, things to avoid. It it steers you on the path of righteousness. Now, it is important to understand wisdom in this book. Now, in Hebrew literature, there is a wisdom tradition. Proverbs is one type of wisdom, It's proverbial wisdom. It's the type of wisdom that when things in life go right, these are this is what happened. If you raise a child in the way they are to go, when they are old, they will what? Not depart from it. You know these kind of things. It's common sense. But there's also a second type of wisdom. It's the speculative wisdom. You find that in the book of Job and Ecclesiastes. Now, many of you probably have read through Job, and you're just like, I really don't like that book. But it, it's about wisdom as well. It is kind of the balance to Proverbs, because Proverbs says if you do A, you will get the result B. It, it's, it seems like a promise, but it's not really. It, it's, it's practical wisdom. And, and so it's important to know as you study this book, a few takeaways, and actually, I want to share with you a book that I've been reading to get ready for this sermon series. It's called "How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth." The authors are Douglas Fee and, or sorry, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart, and they kind of sum up what you need to pay attention to when you read the Book of Proverbs. The first point they make is proverbs are awful often parabolic meaning they use figurative language and they point beyond themselves. Jesus used a lot of parables in their teaching, so we can't necessarily read the entire book literally. Now, women, if you've always tried to live to the mantra of the Proverbs 31 wife, you you might find some comfort in starting to read Proverbs in this way because this is the personification of what wisdom looks like in a mate. Also, Proverbs are intensely practical, not theoretically theological. Let me read that again. Proverbs are intensely practical, not theoretically theological. That means while there is religious talk in the book of Proverbs, it is not necessarily a religious book. But it is in our Bible. It is inspired by God, and it is useful for us as Christians. It helps us make decisions in our everyday life. It is not about the ultimate goal of our final resting place either in heaven or hell, but it's how we negotiate life as Christians and in practicality for the Hebrew people as children of Abraham who lived under the Torah, who lived under the law of God. Number three, Proverbs are worded to be memorable, not technically precise. They are like little sayings that are easy to be remembered because you have to remember this book was first written to an oral culture. They didn't have books on their shelf that they consult to get the right answer. They needed to have these bits of wisdom that they could tuck away and recall at at will at, at a moment's notice. But because they were made to be rememberable they aren't technically precise. And sometimes if you try to imply it literally you will get the the point wrong. It's like, uh, leap. look before your leap. That's another proverb from our, our modern era. What does that mean? Does that mean every time you jump you have to look? Well, yes, it kind of does that, but it really has nothing to do with jumping. It's about look at the decision before you make it. Don't just make a decision rashly. Think about it. Contemplate it. These kind of things. These are the kind of uh, teachings that Proverbs uses. Uh, number four, it says, Proverbs are not designed to be to support selfish behavior, just the opposite. If you're losing this book to become rich and wealthy, you have missed the point. Now, if you follow these teachings found in the book of Proverbs, more than likely you will be successful materially in this world, but it is balanced by a, a very smart way you'll find that in the first chapter of proverbs and we'll read it in just a minute but it is not designed for selfish behavior it is designed for a community of faith number 5 proverbs strongly reflect ancient culture and may be sen- and may sensible translations sorry let me start over proverbs strongly reflecting ancient culture may need sensible translation so that they do not lose their meaning there is a proverb that says uh, it's better to live on the corner of the roof than in a house with a quarrelsome wife. We can kind of understand that, but what that proverb's saying is if you may miss it, you know, you could live on the corner of a roof in ancient times. It says, it's better to live in the garage than in the big house with a quarrelsome wife. And this was taken in a context where the father was teaching the son, before you pick a mate, make sure you pick for good reasons, not just for the outside appearance. Because if you pick by just what your eye sees, you're going to be living with that woman for the rest of your life. And it may be better for you in the long run just to find you a house, your room in the garage instead of in the master bedroom. What it was saying. So sometimes we have to do a little translation to make it work out. It also says that proverbs are not guarantees from God, but poetic guidelines for good behavior. This is poetry, this is literature. This is something that's supposed to help us learn and remember. And there's a rhythm to these things to help you remember it. Uh, we lose some of that rhythm in the English translation, but it was there in the original language that it was written in. But we've got to remember that this isn't just a book of promises, that, but guidelines. And it was written in poetry, so we can't read it like we do other books on how to live. Also, number seven, Proverbs may uh, use highly... Uh, specific language, exaggerations, or any of the variations of literary technique to make their point. This is about remembering. This is about understanding. This is a ex- literal translation. So if you like to try to literally apply reading scripture to your life, you're going to struggle with this book because if you do these things, it's going to get you in the wrong, wrong place. Number eight, Proverbs per- give good advice for wise approaches to certain aspects of life, but are not exhaustive in their coverage. They'll look at big ticket items. They'll look at the use of money, relationships with the opposite sex. Those are the two biggest items that we find. Easy money and easy fill-in-the-blank three-letter word. It teaches on those things. Number nine, wrongly used, Proverbs may justify a crass, materialistic lifestyle. Rightly used, Proverbs will provide practical advice for daily living. And so that's what this study is going to be about. It's about practical advice for daily living. It's about how how to apply the law of God in everyday situations. And today we are going to look at... Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, and we're just going to look at the middle section of it, starting in verse 20. And we read in this proverb, it says, uh, My son, keep your father's uh, commandments, and forsake not your mother's teachings. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, uh, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and a teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Father and mother are both responsible for this. This book was written in the context of a father teaching a son. It was written uh, in the form from King Solomon, the wisest of all of the kings of Israel, back in a day when wisdom flourished in ancient Israel. But it wasn't a single goal. There wasn't a special teacher or a special reproach. This was set up to be taught in the home. This was set up to be taught to young, immature, uh, growing children so that when they grow old that they know the way to walk. There wasn't just a a qualification where you had to be a male to be able to teach wisdom. This was calling for both male and female as authoritative leaders of the young, of the simple, so that they may know which way to walk. Now, Proverbs also leans very much into the teachings of God. So if you just use this book for its practical advice, you may grow successful in life because it's about treating people fairly, it's about hard work, it's about uh, doing what you say you're going to do, and avoiding the things that will lead you into pitfalls. If you follow the advice of this book, just purely the advice, you can be successful in life. But you won't have a fulfilled life, you have to read into the first chapter of Proverbs. So if you could turn back to Proverbs chapter 1, and we're going to look at the first seven verses. Now, these Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2, it says, To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one under, the one who understands obtains guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, The word of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You can't use this book in a godly manner without first understanding the fear of the Lord. It is first understanding your place in God's plan. This is what it's calling us to do. So, you know, if you struggle with these spiritual disciplines about, you know, all these quiet times and journaling and reading your Bible and these lectia via or whatever you pronounce it. I always messed it up when I had to take those in seminary. You can do all this stuff and be a very spiritual person. But Proverbs is different. It's about common sense. It's about the the wisdom to know what to do in each situation of life. And that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will benefit from these sermons from this book, but you will not truly live until you first establish that relationship. And that's what the fear of the Lord means. It means recognizing your place below the Father we have been redeemed by the Son and we are inspired by the Holy Spirit but there is a place, we stand before a holy God and without Jesus we are nothing, we are garbage, we are trash we are separated by a chasm so great that we could never do enough good deeds to cross over but we have Jesus, we have the personification of wisdom in the incarnated Son and it's the beginning of fear in our relationship with Jesus that allows us to use this practical advice to apply it to our own lives, to live in a way, and become, for better or worse, responsible adults. Some of you are probably thinking, I'm still working on that one. I've been working on that for maybe 70 years now. and had not quite got there. But this is the goal of this book, is so that you may go from being a simpleton to a mature adult, a wise adult, able to make godly decisions. Because that's what the value of this book is. It may not point you directly to Jesus, though He's there. It may not point you to the point of salvation and the history that it comes from, but they're there in the background. It's about being godly people. And being godly people isn't necessarily a religious thing. It is also practical and spiritual. Both sides are there. Proverbs deals with the practical. It's about how we live as human beings with other human beings. And we can still live in a way to be godly in our dealings with other people, in our business life, in our education life, in the way we raise our children. We can live a way that is godly doesn't have to be spiritual we don't have to spiritualize everything i mean you could spiritualize putting ketchup on uh, scrambled eggs in the morning if you want to i've known people that have and you've probably met people that everything is spiritual in their life sometimes it's just putting ketchup on scrambled eggs it's simply practical you do it because it tastes good right you all probably think i'm crazy because i do do that But one thing that this book does, it also offers this corrective view. When we have a tendency to over-spiritualize everything, Proverbs is there to guide us. That being a godly person means making the right choices consistently over the pattern of our life. The book of Proverbs deals with very human interactions. But it is also based on the law of God and on the teachings of Jesus We can't read this book without thinking of the Sermon on the Mount. We can't read this book without thinking of the books of Deuteronomy and Exodus that that gave us uh, the Ten Commandments and the laws of God. All of this is there in the background. We can give parents authority to teach us for a simple reason. When we think about what parents in this day were trained. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 we find this. A saying that everyone was taught in this generation. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall walk and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. This is what gives the authority to the parents in Proverbs. It is not because they are more experienced. Although experience is a wonderful teacher, most of the best lessons I would imagine that many of us learned in life were because we screwed something up. We broke it, it cost us money, we got in trouble for it. Those types of experiences are good teachers. Sometimes we have experiences where we were successful. And we can repeat those successes and benefit in life. And we can teach those to others. Experience teaches us a lot. The book of Proverbs looks at the experiences of the human condition. And it teaches from a point of experience from an uh, inspired mind. Think about it. This is advice that has been inspired by the Spirit to be left for our benefit. Do you think it's important yes yes it is because it is extremely practical and for a young male which this book was written to teach also young women but it was written in the case of educating a son to maybe go into a leadership position it deals with two broad topics especially in these first nine chapters the right use of money and picking a mate. I'll let you fill in the blank on the words because I'm not sure how much I want to get into the PG area here. There are two types of women, it says. One that will seduce you. One that is easy. One that offers freedom without responsibility. For a wife, when you are united with her, you are responsible for her especially in this day. You're responsible for her well-being, for a relationship to be developed, for love to flourish. If you go see a lady on the corner, you may have exchange there. There's freedom in that relationship. Because it is momentary. You have no responsibility after the fact. Then it points out a wife or a husband of another. Even if you can get away with it, it says, that damage is like a thief you stole something from somebody else but a thief who steals property who steals your goat, who steals your car, who steals whatever if you're caught you can make restitution if you steal from another man's husband or wife a relationship that is theirs by covenant to God that can never be replaced it will lead to your ruin and if you follow that path Proverbs says, you may even lead you away from the faith. may It lead you away from God. Money is equally guilty. Jesus dealt with money. He said you can't serve but one master, either God or money. This isn't new in our life. If we could give our children advice, it is how to handle money and how to handle their pants. If they can get that those two things, they will be successful in life. Now there's a lot of other implications with this and if you can understand how to be wise in those two you'll be able to apply that in every other situation. It's about being godly. It's not necessarily about being spiritual but it's about making the right choices. It's about avoiding the places you shouldn't be. It's about associating yourself with people you should associate and avoiding those you shouldn't. It's almost too simple. But life is that way. We can know a lot of things and not do it. You know, I know how to be thin, healthy, and trim. It's very simple. You don't eat bad food, you exercise really easy but I don't always seem wise when I go to a restaurant and order my meal I don't always seem wise when I hit the alarm clock and not get up and exercise there's a difference between knowing how to be healthy and being healthy the book of Proverbs teaches us how to have a healthy relationship with God it gives us all the tools we need but then it tells us it's not just hearing and listening and knowing but it's about receiving and doing if you truly want to be wise and you want to grow in wisdom and knowledge you have to take the advice of this father to a son take it as something as advantageous and do it you don't spend more money than you make you don't sleep with somebody else's husband or wife it's simple but we can easily get ourselves in the path in the wrong way. So to start off 2019, if you have New Year's resolutions and you want to keep, great. But if you just want to simply try to be wiser this year, we are going to read this book of practical wisdom together. We are going to study its words And we are going to talk about them. And we are going to do our best to live in a way that honors it. To have the godly discipline of common sense that we find here in scripture. And if we can do that, we will be successful as Christians, as a congregation, as a church, to this community. We will be God's people here and now. Because he has a plan for us. When he formed you in the womb, and he has led you down a path so that you can make the right decisions. If you can remember that advice, those pithy little sayings that stick there. And there's some even today, when the weather is bad, I remember that the road is slick as glass. Because my father hammered that into me ever since I got a license. And when I'm at home visiting over the weekend and he goes out to drive somewhere, I say, Dad, remember, the roads are as slick as glass be careful. Be careful out there, because the conditions are different. These are the sayings that God has prepared for us. And as we study them together, maybe they will stick with you in a way that they never have before. So if you will, please join with me with the word of prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the wisdom that you have given us through the your scripture. Lord, we pray that as we study these words together, that you will teach us how to live the godly discipline of common sense and live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have laid on our life. Lord, we pray that we will follow the way of wisdom of the wise and avoid the way of the fool and of folly. Be with us as we leave here today and give us the strength to do what we know to do that is right. It is in your name we pray. Amen. And now as we enter our time of invitation, I know that this hasn't necessarily been an evangelical sermon that calls you to repentance. But if God has laid on your heart a burden and he's calling you to let him in, to have that relationship so that you may live to be a wise person as the scripture calls, and you want to pledge your life to him, please come forward at this time. Maybe you've been visiting First Baptist Church for a while now and today is a day that you're, you're no longer going to sit on the edge but you're going to throw your, your hat in the ring and that you're going to become a, a part of us, be our brothers and sisters as a member. Please come forward. Maybe you just need, in pra- need of prayer today. Come forward at this time.